cinnamon iced tea. <laughs> oh my god. Some really forge for that, Jared. It's just the fucking thing. Oh, the cushion? Yeah. The ass cushion? The ass cushion. Okay. Welcome back. Hi. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave all that. It's in. been an un. It's been an undergoing to just get this started. Welcome back to Finding New Films. Well, uh, hello, audio listeners. Uh, this is your first episode that has just you guys uh, singled out because I didn't even know we were gonna have audio only stuff last week when we were making the podcast. So, hello to you. Um, hello to Trevor. Hello. Now I'm not just insecure about my appearance and my voice, but I'm insecure about people just hearing my voice. It doesn't really help to take the video out. Well, it's not completely out. The video, uh, what's that? I mean, if you're watching the video, you're kind of a creep. You want to look at us. Yeah, that's kind of of not cool. Yeah, that's pretty weird. I I mean, it's cool that you're interested, but what do you want? What are you looking at? They're looking at the cool set. I can't blame them. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah. Probably one of the podcast sets of all time. Yeah, it's one of them for sure. What did we watch this week? Uh, we watched Psycho from 1960. It Last crazy. week. <laughs> it was Psycho. Uh, <laughs> we watched... Um, we watched last week. We watched Pearl from twenty twenty two, and then this week we're watching a movie from nineteen sixty. We're literally going sixty two years in the past for this one. Um, I'm it's pretty crazy. I'm two for two on black and white movies so far. <laughs> Trevor um, cannot seem to get a black and white movie or get a color movie. You know, I just I don't see color. Cut that! Cut that! Cut. Um, <laughs> I was pretty excited for this because when we were brainstorming, like, what are we going to watch? Because it was kind of on the fly just a few days ago. Um, I was like, something old. Yeah. So kind of my fault for setting the bar there. Yeah. If I wanted to watch something in color, I mean, I kind of shot myself in the foot. Yeah, you did. Uh, and you did say old horror. Specifically old yeah. horror. I was thinking mm-hmm. like. Psycho, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, it's all me. It's all yeah. me. That's excellent. I mean, what can I say, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, what can you really do there? Nothing much. Um, yeah, those were the days. <laughs> those are the breaks. Uh, I yearned so. those days. <laughs> Back when, you know, a car salesman could just talk shit straight to your face if you were a woman. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that because that was that was, that was yeah, yeah we'll talk about it so uh, runtime for this movie 109 minutes uh, writer uh, was Joseph Stefano um, the author of the book that inspired this movie was Robert Block uh, the director was Alfred Hitchcock score done by Bernard Herrmann uh, camera was done by John L. Russell Stars of the movie were Anthony Perkins, Jeanette Lee, or sorry, Janet Lee. I sound stupid. Uh, <laughs> Vera Miles, John Gavin, Martin Balsam, uh, John McIntyre, and Simon Oakland. Um, yeah, plot. I will do this quickly. Uh, okay. So plot is as follows. During a Friday afternoon tryst in a Phoenix hotel, real estate secretary Marion Crane and her boyfriend... Sam Loomis discuss their inability to get married because of Sam's debts. Marion returns to work, steals a cash payment of $40,000 entrusted to her for a deposit, and sets off to drive to Sam's home in Fairville, California. Marion hurriedly trades her car en route, arousing suspicion from both the car dealer and the California Highway Patrol officer. Marion stops for the night at the Bates Motel located off the main highway and hides the stolen money inside a newspaper. Proprietor Norman Bates descends on from a large house overlooking the motel, registers Marion under an, un, an assumed name, and invites her to dine with him. After Norman returns to his house, Marion overhears Norman arguing with his mother about Marion's presence. 
Norman overhears. Sorry. Norman returns with a light meal and apologizes for his mother's outburst. And Norman uh, discusses his hobby as a taxidermist, his mother's illness, and how people have a private trap they want to escape. Marion decides to drive back to Phoenix in the morning and return the stolen money. As Marion showers, a shadowy figure in a dress appears and stabs her to death. Soon after, Norman cleans up the murder scene, putting Marion's body, belongings, and hidden cash in her car and sinks it in a swamp. Marion's sister Lila arrives in Fairvale a week later, says, uh, tells Sam about the theft and demands to know her whereabouts. He denies knowing anything about her disappearance. A private investigator named Arbogast approaches them, saying that he has been hired to retrieve the money. Arbogast stops at the Bates Motel and questions Norman, whose nervous behavior and inconsistent answers arouse his suspicion. He examines the guest register and discovers her from her handwriting that Marion spent the night at the hotel, uh, spent a night at the hotel. When Arbogast learns that Marion had spoken to Norman's mother, Arbogast asks to speak to her, but Norman refuses it. Arbogast updates Sam and Lila about his search and promises to meet them within an hour at Sam's home. After he enters the Bates home to search for Norman's mother, the shadowy figure emerges from the bedroom and stabs him to death. Sam visits the motel when, with Lila, and they hear nothing from Arbogast, worried something went wrong. He sees a figure in the house who he assumes is Norman's mother. Lila and Sam alert the local sheriff, who tells them Norman's mother died by a murder-suicide by strychnine poisoning ten years earlier. The sheriff suggests Arbogast lied to Sam and Lila so he could pursue Marion and the money. Uh, convinced that something happened to Arbogast, Lila and Sam drive to the motel. Sam distracts Norman at the in the office while Lila sneaks into the house. Suspicious, Norman becomes agitated and knocks Sam unconscious. As he goes to the house, Lila hides in the fruit cellar where she discovers the mother's mummified body. She screams and Norman, wearing woman's clothing and a wig, uh, enters the cellar and tries to stab her. Sam appears and subdues him. At the police station, a psychiatrist explains that Norman killed his mother and her lover ten years out, earlier out of jealousy. Unable to bear the guilt, Norman mummified his mother's corpse and began treating it as if she was still alive. He recreated his mother as an alternate personality, as jealous and possessive toward Norman as he felt about his mother. When Norman is attracted to a woman, the mother takes over and he killed uh, two other missing women before Marion and Arbogast. Uh, the psychiatrist concludes that mother has now submerged Norman's personality. Norman sits in a jail cell and hears his mother saying the murders were all his doing. Marion's car is retrieved from the swamp. And that was psycho. Um, it truly was. Yeah. That's for damn sure. Um, that's, that's, it was, yeah, that's exactly what it was. Um, alrighty. Thoughts going into the movie? Well, like, I knew about the iconic shower scene and, like, that whole score. Like, I thought, just besides that, the scoring in this movie was great. The score of the movie, um, yeah. the scoring of it. Yeah. It was good. The music was good. It really set the mood and it made it feel more intense than it would have, more intense than I thought it would have going into such an old movie. I mean, I'm comparing it to, like, my ideal slasher movie, which is, like, Scream. So it was definitely not, like, I wasn't going in, like, oh, this is scary. But it was definitely intense. It was more, it felt more like a thriller to me, but I understand that there's, like, limitations on what you could put on film in 1960 and how big a deal this movie was back then. I mean, there's stories about people running, screaming from the theater. It was like, damn, pussy, but whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's really funny. I, I think the casting was good. Um, I don't remember any of the actors' names. Yeah. They're probably all dead now. Yeah. So, whatever. But, I thought the guy who played Norman was proper creepy. I mean, just from pretty much the moment you meet him, it's like, okay, there's something off about this guy. I mean, it's like, <laughs> welcome to my bird room. You want a sandwich and milk? And he's just drinking milk like that. Like, I know they didn't have a ton of options for drinks in the 1960s, but, like, just milk. He's like, I'm going to have a sandwich, a ham and cheese 
and a glass of milk. Yeah, that is pretty. That weird. sounds fucking sickening. At least when I'm drinking milk, it's you know. Chocolate milk. Cake or a brownie or like a pop tart or, or something. I mean cereal. Duh. You know, yeah. I'm not just eating a sandwich. Maybe their snacks were not as good as 1960. No, they had Cheetos and stuff, right? Yeah, who knows? I don't know. You could have told me anything right there. I would have been like, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that cars were pretty new around that time. Yeah, that's when they invented carbohydrates. They hadn't, <laughs> they hadn't been on the moon yet. They're primitive people. It's a different time. <laughs> yeah. And, well, they're, they're a different type of human being because we evolved. Yeah, all the yeah. time. I mean, like, I've got webbed toes. Right. I'm sure they do. Right. Well, I just think... You've got webbed toes, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll agree with you, though, about the score. Uh, the score was, like, super commanding of the whole tone of the movie. Yeah, I think the black and white uh, actually helped. Yeah. It definitely helped. It just made it all, you know, darker, right. obviously. But, like, it was, it was very thematic with that, and it fit with, like... Kind of the theme that I found in the movie was like suppression. It's like it's not just suppressing, like, you know, the characters are suppressing emotions, suppressing desire, but it's like suppressing just like the vibe, for lack of a better <laughs> word. I hate to say that. I hate to just say something that vague. Yeah, the vibe is like, off as fuck. And it's like, it's not because of like, you know, they had color film in 1960. Yeah. You mean, right? Uh, I'll look that up. Keep. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I'm not sure, but I feel like I want to say they could have. But maybe it's just like most screens couldn't screen in color, so there was no reason to film it in color. That'd probably make more sense. If they did have it, it had to have been new. But they had like in television or whatever at that time. But, you know, a lot of stuff about this movie stands out um, <clears throat> from a 21st century perspective. Um, not just the score, which is like, you know, more an orchestra rather than like, I think most modern horror movies do like a synth, kind of like and high-pitched like noises and just weird sounds that like still make you feel uncomfortable and kind of on edge. But like, I feel like doing it with just an orchestra feels so much more like, I don't know, gripping and they can change so quickly. Like, you know, going from like, ah, oh, just casual, like I'm driving down the highway to like, oh man, this like scary encounter with this cop and he can't see his eyes behind those dark sunglasses and like, what's the what's the deal here? Like, what's this guy doing? Turns out, nothing ever comes of that, but uh, I feel like they just did a great job setting the tone. And aside from that, what stands out most uh, compared to modern horror movies is um, just the lack of gore, which is, you know, that's, that's something they couldn't really do at the time, I don't think. I don't know if they'd screen a movie if it had, like, just lots of blood. Or, you know, they didn't really have, like, the special effects to be like, ah, oh, here's this person all gashed up and fucking torn to pieces. They couldn't do that. So it just went with more of, like, you know, psychological horror, obviously. The title of the movie, Psycho. Any update on color? <laughs> I'm seeing 1936, it looks like. I don't know. Well, what's your fucking excuse, Hitchcock? I don't Saving know. Saving money. I mean, it's maybe all, it's, it, it, like, none of them can just give me a straight answer. Like, oh, it was this movie. It was the first one. It's all like, some like to say. And it, like, goes into a story. It's like, like it's so far back in time that it's, there's contention over it. It's not like it's yeah. antiquity. Yeah, like, <laughs> It's like, you know, the legends say, but it was actually highly exaggerated. It's like, it doesn't... The Battle of Three Hundred. Like, what's going on? I know we have lost film, but like, I, I, like, I think we would all know. You know, there's probably some newspaper about there about like the a, first color film. Like, I don't, whatever. Man. I know they had colored animation, like cartoons. Yeah. But you know, whatever. Who I think knows? it's probably better that it wasn't in color. I think honestly, old movies that are in color look shittier. Yeah. Um, black and white kind of preserves. Like, I don't know. It makes it a little bit more ageless. And as long as you don't notice the rampant sexism. <laughs> yeah. I mean, right from the get-go, you got Sam just really, really macking on. Like, he's like, look, she's your girlfriend, dude. I I had but Sam still, as a horn dog. I literally notes. wrote, Sam fucks. <laughs> he, does, he does fuck. And... 
Marion is, uh, she's cool with that. She's willing to do that. But she wants more out of Sam. And at first, I mean, I think I was proven wrong, more or less. But I thought Sam was, like, really not intending to marry her. I thought he was just using the alimony and his dead father's debts as, like, an excuse to just, like, avoid commitment. Um, but, I mean, he did investigate the murder and, like, save her sister's life. So I think, like, you know what? He's probably a good guy. He's a little bit of a himbo. He got knocked out by, by a vase. But he woke up pretty quick. He didn't have too many brain cells to lose. And he just, he just springed into action. Yeah. So I thought it was super ironic how he's like, I need to be the one to confront Bates because you're a woman. You can't hold him down for any period of time while I go investigate the house. And then he just, like, within five seconds is knocked out cold by this fucking <laughs> incel. <laughs> he just went bonk. It's a dink. And like, I was ah. really just waiting for him to try to bang Lila. It seemed like that's where yeah, it was they going. Were, they were starting, he was like, it was starting to be like, I it's think like, there well. was like a family guy thing, uh, where it was like, um, you know, when such and such dies, I'll be here for you. I will always be there for you. No, it was the other guys. That was that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sheila, if, if, if he ever dies, I'm right there. I will always be there for you. It's the one Mark Wahlberg movie I'll ever watch. Yeah. Fuck that guy. He's funny in that movie, though. Yeah, pretty great. And also, you know what? I actually changed your mind. Ted, too. Not Ted. Ted, too. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. You heard it, folks. Uh, we're doing a special episode next week. Yeah, we're watching. We're doing a rewatch. We're doing back-to-back Ted. Ted. Ted uh, this, this, it'll be a two-and-a-half-hour pod. <laughs> we're going to have the bear on Ted. <laughs> He's going to be here. Hey guys, how are you? Uh, <laughs> I wrote down the quote, headaches are like resolutions, you forget them as soon as they stop hurting. I liked that one a lot. It was a really good quote. I have a lot of quotes in here. It was a lot of really good. Well, one of them is <clears throat> me just pointing out how funny the, the vocabulary is in some points. Yeah, I want to talk about the name of one specific character. What the fuck is an Arbogast? <laughs> what's that what is what is that it's like I'm aghast at that <laughs> Ar- Arbogast I'm aghast at that name Arbogast it was a Roman army officer of Frankish origin origin sorry Jesus <laughs> that is I mean they had to, there, there couldn't have been some other reason to use that born in 4th century Galatia Minor died September 3th 393 rather I guess the writer just thought it was cool yeah I mean it's unique for sure it makes him a standout character but he did I mean that's just like the way he died he just walked up the stairs so casually ah you're not a very good investigator bro no it wasn't really prepared at all and I still don't see why. I mean, I, the explanation is like, oh, we don't want Marion to get in trouble. But, like, you probably should have involved the police if she's been gone for a week. <laughs> and then you meet this guy who's got stuffed birds in the office. And you're just like, eh, she's probably just fine. Yeah, one of my notes is this guy likes taxidermy a lot. Like, a little too yeah, much. Yeah, that was, like, probably the first red flag besides him. Uh, I think he it was right before that where he referred to his mother and so it's like my mother or my mom. Oh, we also got to talk about that creepy ass dude flaunting his cash and, and like trying to flirt. Yeah, what was like he looked like an oilman like <laughs> <laughs> as Doug Dimmadome. <laughs> he did yeah, he, he did give us some Doug Dimmadome vibes. I mean, back then 40,000 cash? Yeah, 40,000 cash That's in insane. 1960. What? I feel like you couldn't reasonably expect someone to not steal that back then. You could probably comfortably live off of 40000 for a while. I mean, that's just... I mean, it was literally enough to buy a whole house. Like, in, I guarantee it 364000 Sorry, no. It's equivalent to the purchasing power in today of $404,283. Literally 10 times. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fucking pretty insane. nice. That's pretty nice. Wow. So that would have been a nice house. I mean, shit. So when she was saying, I want a, like, a private island, she was not joking. 
Yeah, that's pretty crazy. You know, it, I, was like, <laughs> I laughed at that because I was like, "What the fuck are you gonna get with forty k?" I was. I don't know what <laughs> like, number. That's a car. What are you talking? About? I don't know what number I was expecting when she was trading in her car. Yeah, I, I wasn't even. I wasn't even cognizant of the fact that, like, of course, a used car lot was a thing back then too. Right. <laughs> but I was like, after trading in the car, only seven hundred bucks. Like yeah. that's not even a down payment now. Yeah, and it was 19, like, I guess they were filming in, like, 59, because the movie came out in 60, and she bought a 57. <laughs> like, that's not even that old. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it was a brand new car, basically, and she's buying it for, like, 700 bucks after and, trading in a car. I mean, I don't think she accomplished much by trading in the car, because... Yeah, because she watched the... <laughs> the cop watched her do it, already had her old plates, and also and anybody who came was... through there would be, like... Oh, this is her car. And the dude was super suspicious the whole time. The whole time. And like, <laughs> of course, he's going to be like, yeah, no, she was weird as fuck. Like, I have yeah. copies of her ID and everything. One of my first couple <laughs> notes was like, Marion is a terrible liar. Yeah. She, she does not operate well under pressure at all. I mean, and <laughs> she's not even good at conversation, even compared to Bates, when she's like, oh, you should send your mother to an institution. <laughs> Right, so like that's still like a pretty out there thing to say to someone now, especially someone you just met. But like yeah. in the sixties, when institutions were basically prisons, so like, your mother should go there. Yeah, because she yelled at you. That's she, not... you should put your mom in a loony house. That's a, she. She should have just said that. Honestly, that would have been like more a strap her up in a straight jacket and spray yeah. her down with a hose. <laughs> that's Why don't you just waterboard her? Yeah, have you ever tried um, Chinese water torture? <laughs> a lobotomy, you know that works for <laughs> that works for everybody. You got a bad personality. Let's take an ice pick straight to the brain. Um, let's see. I feel like the uh, the movie like really moves super fast, like throughout the whole. Yeah, I watched it first thing this morning, and it just kind of like before I knew it, I was like, "Oh, like this is like the final act. Yeah. Like something's big's about to happen." And I was like, I had to pause. And I was like, "Oh, only fifteen minutes left," and I was like, "It's only killed two people." <laughs> I paused the movie last night because I started to fall asleep, and I was like, "Damn, we only got like twenty minutes in," and it was like. 38 minutes and I was like they are just meeting each other for the first time and you're like wow see I'm like besides seeing that shower scene I'm pretty fuzzy I'm like I was pretty fuzzy on like the whole movie so I didn't really know what to expect I mean I kind of figured like his mom can't be real like yeah. she, we haven't seen her on screen yeah. yet like it was a shadowy figure and you hear him scream mother but like still though it's like well that like if they were gonna go with the angle of like his mom is crazy and a murderer like they would have probably shown her face like clearly yeah especially in that scene where he was talking to her like in, in like he was like oh we'll say, take you downstairs. the only thing that threw me off on on that a little bit that made me be like well maybe she is like alive or around or whatever was the fact that like they used an actual woman's voice to be the voice of mother and it, like if they had just made it sound like the male actor trying to imitate his mother it probably would have been pretty obvious from the beginning <laughs> I don't think that guy could have pulled that off. Even not even close. Yeah, that would have been tragic. Um, I'm really glad they didn't do that. Um, my second red flag note that I put down for Norman was when he said a boy's best friend is his mother, <laughs> uh, because I don't think anybody else has ever said or thought that. I I I, I noticed the pause that he makes before he says that too, where he's like. Well, it's like, oh no, whatever he's about to say is about to be bad. It kind of makes you wonder if, because um, you have that whole psychiatrist breakdown at the end, if that, because he's saying that he was subsumed by like his mother's, his mother personality, and that's like, it's just his mother speaking, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's what she wishes. Yeah. It's like, like, oh, well, you know, see, sh shut up for a second. <laughs> Shut up! I had a fire ass thought. I got a good one. I got a good one. This poetry is fucked. It's like she definitely won't want to fuck him after I say that. Because <laughs> the whole point is, you know, she's jealous and she's like, yeah. let's make this guy as unappealing as possible. Talk about the birds. I mean, he eats sandwiches and milk. 
<laughs> he's got a bunch of dead birds in his office. Yeah, talk about the birds. <laughs> talk about the birds. And the creepiest thing about him, besides the dressing up as his mother and stabbing people and embalming her corpse himself, um, was just when uh, Arbogast pulls up to the hotel for the first time. He's just sitting on the porch eating candy. <laughs> Want one? <laughs> like like, immediately. Like, I'll sit and eat M&M's, but I don't just sit out on the front porch just popping one at a time in my mouth and <laughs> offer them to the first man that I see. I'm not offering candy to another grown man. I got a pack of M&M's. I'm not a stranger. They're getting shoveled into my mouth. Yeah, exactly. I try to see how many I can fit in my mouth at once. He's just going... Yeah. That was just weird. That, that threw me. I was like, I'm chipmunking the hell out of those M&M's. I think they went out of their way when directing him was like this guy is like really like he's never seen a person no like the 1960 idea of like an effeminate like weak yeah. you know non-socialized man yeah basically it's kind of it's a little like there's a little bit of toxic masculinity elements there it's like oh incel. you know there's some incels some oedipus influences there yeah definitely um, it's oedipus influence she opened his door, and he was, had, like, a kid room still. Yeah, the like, little single bed, lowly oh. ground. But then did you notice the record that he had on the, uh, what the, what the record said? I didn't yeah, catch I did. it completely, and I didn't even go back, because I was, like, just wanting to get, because it was, like, the last 10, 15 minutes, I was like, I want to see what the fuck's going to happen. And it gripped me by then, but I noticed, just, like, on the record, it was, like, something, something erotica. So he's got this porn record. <laughs> oh, God. He's probably just self-flagellating every time he listens to it. It's like, he's like forcing me to listen to it. <laughs> it's just like that. But that was like, I caught that and I was like, ooh, that's kind of like, one, like, of course he's got porn. But two, like, I didn't know that a porn vinyl was a thing. Like, what is that? Like, it's just, would it just be a woman speaking? Man, like uh, sex sounds. <laughs> just when the me and Daniel audio. watched Pearl last week, we found out that uh, apparently they had like snuff film, like porn in 1918. That's cool. So um, I remember reading a, it's kind of related, a book about uh, whalers in the 17th and 18th century, and how uh, they would use whalebone to make dildos for their wives nice. for when they're gone at sea. That's so cool of them. That's definitely one hundred percent a fact. That's that's yeah. That, that don't fact check that. Don't fact but, check. But um, that. it's a, it's true. <laughs> that actually sounds like it would hurt a lot. Imagine imagine a bone starts splitting and you don't notice. Well, it's just like, what does a whale bone smell like? Yeah, after a while. Do you too. think that like, after how going they sanitize it? Like, well, the strongest disinfectant we got is corn whiskey. <laughs> So we soaked it in that for a while. It's like, okay. And then we salted it. <laughs> Why? Well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be good when you go back up there, when you got the salt on there. It's going to help ease the wound. Speaking of preservation, I mean, this dude was legit taking care of his mom's corpse for 10 years after he murdered her. What do you think? I mean, he wasn't just treating a body, I don't think. There's definitely some Oedipus themes in the movie. And I don't really want to think about it much, but that's just uh, where I've been led. Yeah. It's it's definitely a topic that we need to discuss. When we come back from this quick break, um, yeah, (laughs) nothing else to say. Just stick with the break, and we'll be right back. Thanks, man. I mean dead in the sense of, like, they've all been killed by the Hollywood machine. Hey, look, I don't advocate assault, violence, uh, this is an intimidation, but we're coming for you, Hollywood. Yeah. We're coming for you. We're coming after you. Okay. Welcome back again to the second part of the tenth episode of Finding New Films. When we left off... Uh, Trevor had uh, mentioned the Oedipin. Uh, it's, it's a double whammy. You yeah. ju- you're not just getting uh, a creepy <coughs> mother-son relationship, but also the mother is a corpse uh, that the son cares for to preserve because he's had her for 10 years. And I mean, you get to see her at the end of the movie looking pretty good for 10 years. 
post post mortem above yeah. ground. I mean, gotta give him credit. He learned a lot. There's still some birds. crud on the on the you know skeleton. He couldn't save the eyes. Yeah, or the lips. Uh, there's some teeth. Yeah, teeth are still there. Bone structure pretty good. A handsome woman. <laughs> <laughs> It's a handsome woman there. A very handsome woman. I don't know. Norman Bates, one of my notes that I wrote at the beginning was, Norman Bates kind of cute, though. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't understand the chicks who simp over, like, uh, Bundy or, like, Dahmer, but Bates? Kind of cute. Kind of got a nerdy thing going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's tall. He's got a nice jawline. He likes birds. He's all bumbly and goofy. Like, I think if he, you know, didn't poison his mom and wear her clothes, he'd be quite the catch. I mean, he's got his own business. <laughs> Look, he's rising and grinding, running this hotel by himself every day. <laughs> I will say, he did, he said uh, the word, oh, I don't want to eat in the office. It's too officious. Officious. I was like, oh, that's a good one. That's oh. a good one. I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> he said it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was waiting for the whole time for him to... Just say, like, oh, I'm sweet, but a psycho. Because I thought that's what this movie was. Oh, there it is. <laughs> oh, there it is. Like, I'm a family guy. <laughs> you know? He takes care of his family in the best way that he knows how. Um, but no, back to the implied necrophilia. I feel like not just that, but a lot of um, the, the darker aspects of the movie are more implied than yeah. just directly shown to you that's partially because like that's probably what they were intending to do it's a psychological horror thriller movie but also they couldn't really do a lot back then with like what got who was like commissioning or regulating movies so i guess if you wanted a wide release if you wanted a lot of people to see it you had to be within guidelines but they didn't have like the g pg ratings because like yeah even up the 1980s you could watch a pg movie and they'd be saying fuck <laughs> People are getting murdered. Well, as long as you're in with your parents, it's okay. As long as you're in there with your parents, so, you know, if you're 15 and your parents signs this piece of paper, you can get a tattoo. Yeah, I remember, like I remember watching, um, I think it's called, I think it's called Happy Farm or Funny Farm <laughs> with Chevy Chase with my dad. And uh, Chevy Chase is just like, God damn it. Like right <laughs> off the bat. Like that was like one of the first words in the movie. And I was like, Meanwhile, in a Marvel movie where it's like mass genocide, it's kind of the whole conflict. They're like, damn! <laughs> Gee, dang it! <laughs> Fuck. Gee, some crepes. Fuck. And then, like, you know, people will be just getting smashed to bits or uh, stabbed, slashed, beaten the crap out of, and just like no blood, just minimal blood. Because uh, in this universe, everyone's just bloodless. They're just bloodless husks. Just like the Psycho universe. Just like the Psycho universe, yeah. Uh, for as many times as Marion was supposed to be stabbed, one, uh, they didn't do a good job of making it look like she was being stabbed because she's just like, oh, oh, oh no, oh, stop. Oh, and like it looked like she was stopping the knife at every every turn. Like It, it didn't look like the, that she made an actual stab move once. It looked like she might have slashed her a little bit. But there's like... A few tiddly winks of blood down the drain. And it's mostly just water down the drain. I was like, where's the big, like, whoosh of blood? Like, right. I'm waiting for that. I'm like, no. She just, is she anemic or something? And she just, like, <laughs> why is there no blood? She had massive clots. Like, it wasn't the stab wounds that killed her. She actually had massive blood clots in her. There's more blood in a pro wrestling match uh, than mm -hmm. there was in her own fucking murder. There's more blood in my toilet bowl. <laughs> Most days. Yeah, same, right? Hey man, Chipotle. Drop a like, yeah. Chipotle. <laughs> um, fucking. Um, what's. I, one of my lines about Norman is oh, he a creep for real. He a creep for real. The peephole? <laughs> the shot of his eye up close, yeah. <laughs> so this man really put her in room number one. He's like, I know exactly what I'm fucking doing tonight. He's like, I'm gonna kill again. <laughs> Insatiable blood. Gee, blood. dang it. I'll kill her again. I'll kill another. You let me out of here, I swear to God I'll kill again. <laughs> Alright. Give me your parole. You're out of here. Uh, the way he diligently cleaned up the crime scene with nothing but water 
I mean, it was like the blood came right out, which makes you think it's like what uh, what was in that water? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, I can't get blood stains out of anything to save my life. <laughs> they used to well, there used to be so many chemicals in the water in the nineteen fifties. <laughs> in that East Palestine water. Yeah, and so they were just uh, they were just dipping it into there, and I think there was just you know natural Lysol. <laughs> build yeah, up in there yeah it's like when um, you turn the faucet on you just instantly smell the water <laughs> you're like oh Ooh. i'm not drinking this i don't even want to put it on my hands um i thought it was a really smart and interesting detail to have her throw like be like oh that guy was creepy i'm not gonna throw that paper away in the trash can and throw it in the toilet, and then she missed one, and that's yeah, the one that gave it. away the most information. Right, <laughs> that one little sliver of paper, like a, I would have ripped it up a little bit more. In a modern movie, too, they would have like super isolated on the fact that she missed the trash can, and it right. would have been like a super yeah, just telegraphed. Like, oh yeah, this happens. You you have to be like you have to think back. Like, yeah. Oh, really? Why wouldn't she just ball it up and flush the whole thing? Like, yeah, was she really that worried about a single piece of notebook? It was paper? Yeah, I, I, I will agree with that. It's pretty funny that she's worried about it, and then she just chucks them at the app. Like, ah, like confetti at, <laughs> at like, the fucking trash or the toilet. It's like, I mean, you know, I know the, the era, but like, they're really writing this woman stupid in this movie. Yeah, like back to the, like, oh, I'm being followed by the police because I just stole forty thousand dollars. I'll trade in my car right in front of this cop, <laughs> and I'm gonna, I'm gonna be <laughs> so sure sus through this, this whole place. process. I'm going to make sure I'm really, really weird so that the guy will give my plates to this cop immediately as, as soon as we're done. Yeah. Uh, the only person who's a worse liar than Marion in this movie was probably Norman. Yeah. Arbogast <laughs> played him. Oh, my God. He got, he like a bubbling, bubbling idiot. I mean, he really just, like, fumbled at every turn. He's like, oh, well, I haven't, you know, had anybody here for a few weeks. He's like, oh, this couple was here last week. Like, five seconds later... I was like, we've well, gotten away with two murders before this? How? <laughs> Literally, those people must have had, like, no family whatsoever. And I really do think that's kind of what she assumed about, uh, about, what's her name? Marion. Yeah, because he had to have. Because, you know, fake He just name, did it really willy-nilly. Fake name. She was acting, I don't know, I want to say weird, because she wasn't necessarily doing anything weird. She was acting combative. But. I mean, it was just, uh. She was not acting like someone who really. I mean, she didn't think out her plan. She was totally impulsive to steal this money. She didn't. Yeah. Just, I uh, I do have a little trouble understanding her motivation. I I because I guess you have to just infer like she's going to use that money to pay off uh, Sam's debts and like get married and you know move somewhere probably farther away. But it was just weird that she just did that like on the drop of a hat. Yeah. Like oh, I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm not gonna tell my sister shit. I'm out of here. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> and then like that shot when she's like driving and her boss looks at her like as he's crossing the street. She's like, "Oh fuck!" I was like, "I've been there." <laughs> you know, and your boss is like, "Can you come in today? Do this thing?" I'm like, "Ah, oh, no, I can't. I'm gonna be busy. I got an appointment or blah blah blah." Family and thing. Like... Then you just see them at the McDonald's. Like, you say, "Oh, my appointment's down the road over there." Yeah, no. My appointment was here. Uh, we're supposed to meet at McDonald's. Uh, and then... Um, I, I, I think I'm going to throw it. Yeah, I'm going to... Uh, goodbye. Uh, <laughs> that's what Norman was like when he started getting questioned by Army guys. He's like, I think I'm going to throw up. He should have just pretended to be choking on that candy he was eating. <laughs> also, that was just weird packaging for a candy. Yeah. I thought it was like trail mix, sunflower seeds, and candy. No, yeah, it's candy. Here's a here's a hard candy. And, and not to be all, you know, not to go back to toxic masculinity, but it's just weird to me that he's just sitting out there eating candy. <laughs> That's weird. Like, Why are you eating candy, bro? Like, I feel like you lose your sweet tooth over time, but he's still living in his children's room. So he's like, That's kind of another sign right there. Yeah. Something's off. It's like, this guy's just eating candy. This grown-ass man out here eating candy. But I love how... <laughs> People just keep on topping each other with the inability to lie well. Yeah. Like when Sam and Lila arrive at the hotel and they're just like basically saying like we're here to find <laughs> 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 got no bags. 
Yeah, I'm really surprised Norman was falling for what Sam was doing so easily. And it's like, well, he's, she's obviously up there trying to find your mom. Like, oh, my, my wife's asleep. And it's like, oh, okay. I'll just believe that because I'm not definitely yeah, answering your questions. She's really combative. Within 45 seconds of getting into the room. <laughs> yeah, because he just started looking for me. And I, when, whenever he was like standing right there in the doorway... I interpreted that as him. He was in the parlor watching them and won because right. he knew that that's what they wanted to do. Right. So then, and you just completely contradicted that. But I guess I, you can't. I, then the following scene makes you makes it where you can't really infer that because, you know, he just, he just gets so easily distracted by him asking him like. What do you want to do with your life, Norman? Yeah. It's like... It, it's so funny. He just comes in and he's like, I'm going to shit on him. And, like, you could have just had, like, a regular conversation with a guy. Yeah. Like, oh, what's the deal? Like, you taxidermy? Like, I see a bird in there. You know, like, he could have done totally casual, like, chill talk, and he wouldn't have caught on for, like, a while. And then you stab him in the back. Yeah. <laughs> and you kick him in the nuts, and you snap his neck. Yeah. Just like that. And you rip his spinal cord kick out. His, kick the back of his leg and snap his neck and... Yeah, that's how you do that. I mean, Norman just really, it just shows like he's still kind of, I guess, naive like a child because, yeah. he, you know, he's like, oh, this guy's talking to me. There's nothing weird going on here. Yeah. He's like, the same way he doesn't recognize how he's a fucking freak. He doesn't recognize when other people are acting totally out of the norm. Like, get at Norm. Ah, <laughs> he did it. There and, it is. Uh, I wasn't on purpose. I'm sorry. I did the, uh, I have Screech, Screech, Screech written down. I, I never, like, heard where that... At one point, I thought it was Jaws. <laughs> I think they may use it. Um, I honestly, that movie did come out 15 minutes, or 15 minutes, 15 years later. I mean, the Jaws movie is, I prefer the Jaws theme after the dun dun sounds kind of... It's, it's, it's a similar little, little ditty. Yeah. It, it gives you the same feeling of like, oh shit, yeah. something's about to go down. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the drain metaphor of, uh, I thought it was a metaphor when they were showing the drain that that uh, she like flushed her whole life down the drain. Yeah, I mean, as soon as I found out, like, oh, only like 15 minutes from where I'm trying to go, just drive the extra 15 minutes, dude. <laughs> like, oh, but it's raining. <laughs> So? Bro. You yeah. stole $40,000. Yeah, I'm not Get stopping going. for my life. Like, not much. Never, like, nevertheless, being like, yeah, no, I'll stay for dinner. Like, what the yeah. fuck? Like, sandwiches and milk sounds great. It's like, you bought a car in five minutes to get out here, and now you're just like, I'll sleep. <laughs> 15 minutes from now. And then I'll, I'll hang before sleep, though. I'll hang. This is my chill time. You got a beer, bro? Like, <laughs> Like, this guy's totally not throwing off any weird signs at all. <laughs> I'll sit with him privately. I mean, he's already told me I'm the only person here besides him. Yeah, like, I'm not getting any, you know, unusual feelings. I'm just... One of the other red flags to me was, so, like, you know, they try to cloud, like, oh, who killed him, you know, whatever. I kind of, like, immediately knew it was Dorman when... Uh, she dies, and then like the next scene is gonna be like, "Oh my God, blood, <laughs> mom!" It's like, wait, you're just sitting downstairs in the house, like by the door, like right by the door, and it's and like you, you see her scared. run out with the knife, but then you do see her come back in, all covered in blood, like, "Oh blood, oh blood!" Like, I don't know, dude. Like again, kind of a pussy. Well, it's like, how would he have known that that happened up at the house? Sorry. How would he have known that that happened up at the house? And then, like, just known to sprint down there and be like, Yeah. <gasps> like, Murder! Like, not, like, oh, she fell down the stairs. Yeah, I will say, or though, like, that that actor sold the fuck out of him being, like, in shock over, like, a murder. Yeah, like, I was kind of buying it. Yeah. I was kind of buying it. I was like, okay. But then the way he just so quickly cleaned up. And like yeah, rolled her body like, up in a shower curtain. I was like, mm, okay, this guy is, uh, seems pretty unbothered by this part of the whole. Like, <laughs> yeah, this, this, this seems to be pretty sucks. regular occurrence for old Norm here. Yeah, Norm, 
he's practiced and not, but like I was still thinking like how often does his mom kill people that he's just like okay I gotta clean up another one I'm never gonna get laid <laughs> fucking hell mom gonna stop killing any people. woman who comes to the hotel I'm gonna stop killing all the guys that I wanna fucking be with all the girls really she bought him that record he's like I'm sorry <laughs> for that last one yeah I wanna make another note about the score uh it really, like, whenever there's something that's scary that's about to happen, or, like, they want you to be scared about something, it was incredible. Yeah, no, especially, like, I was... Just as the super dark, super uh, heavy, like, major chords. Those last, uh, the, the last scene with uh, Norman running in with his mother's clothes on the wig and that fucking horrifying smile on his face is, like, waving the knife, like, about to stab yeah. Lila. I was like, jeez, like, I... Yeah. I like lurched backwards on the couch. I was like, yeah, I wanted to get farther away from it. It was totally unconscious, and I was like, that made me truly like uh, not at ease. Yeah, <laughs> I was thoroughly uneased there. I was not. I was not into that. And I was, you know, I was all the way up here, like, ooh, I want to see what's about to happen. Like, mm-hmm. and it's immediately like, you know, he's immediately apprehended. <laughs> but I, there was first thing I was like, is he gonna like reach back and like, yeah, get Sam in the kidney? And put up a little bit more of a fight, but no, he's a wimp. Yeah. It's gonna thing is everyone shits on him. Like your life sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like okay, well, I mean, he might have not been going to murder you before you said all this bullshit. <laughs> like, <laughs> look, obviously he's weird, but he was like, man, you don't want to like change everything about you and how you live and yeah. put your mom in a home. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I, I'm cool with this. Like, I chose it. And it's yeah, like, it's I, I, I would kill myself if I had to do what you do. Like, I would fucking rather go to hell. Oh, God. <laughs> this is terrible. This place is a fucking dump. All you got is milk. This is a nightmare. I just, I mean, I would kill myself. Fucking, that sounds terrible. It does sound pretty terrible. It's like working at that time's equivalent of, like, a Super 8. <laughs> We're gonna get on the pod, see how we felt about being a, uh, in a hotel. <laughs> What's a hotel movie? You guys should watch Hotel for Dogs. <laughs> I saw that movie in theaters <laughs> twice. Twice? <laughs> I was eight years old, man. That was so funny. Like, mommy, me. mommy, Hotel for Dogs again. And then I got my dad to take me. <laughs> they both I... got a dose of that. <laughs> I got the best double feature ever when I was like four, I want to say, because Incredibles and SpongeBob and SpongeBob movie were in theaters at the same time. And my mom committed a federal crime. And after we watched uh, the SpongeBob movie, she was like, let's go watch Incredibles. And we just walked right across the hall and walked into Incredibles. Nobody stopped us. And um, she's still on the run to this day. Haven't well, seen her. Hey, what are you going to do? She left us in the Target parking lot next door. And she was like, all right, guys, I'm taking me. <laughs> I've never seen her since. You're still with grandma now. <laughs> Hope it was worth it. I want to know how um, that RBS is a really cool character. Really, he didn't deserve to die like that. Badass name. Him. He kind of went out like a punk. Yeah. He's like, I'm just gonna walk in this house with no weapon or anything. Like, I'm trespassing, yeah. committing a crime, no warrant. I'm not actually a cop anyway. I just got a hunch. Something's up here. It's just like that was so lackadaisical yeah like I'm just gonna up these stairs I'm not just gonna look straight ahead at the wall at the top of the stairs I'm not gonna look at any of the doors or anything he didn't hear the door open that's the type of character that come when he came in when uh, Mr. Black comes in to Pulp Fiction Mm -hmm. that's the type of guy that that, like Armageddon feels like when he first comes in where he's like oh this dude's about to figure this shit out or like in the Knives Out movies uh, yeah. You're like, oh shit, this dude's about to get down to business. And it's like, no, he's just no nope. plain dumbass. I just thought this is supposed to be like he got stabbed in the face. Yeah. Which, like, <laughs> like right here is where yeah, the blood is coming out. Like a little, little tiny of blood. Oh, you got face. some ketchup from your sandwich and milk <laughs> on your face there. And, but, like, that would have been hilarious if he, like, if you're, and you see, like, you know, like the triangle, and then it's just him getting mustard or ketchup on his face. And he fell from the top stair all the way down, just on his back, like, ah. Oh, yeah, he was like, ah. Well, he was perfectly Ooh. flat on his back. 
<laughs> didn't tumble a little bit or anything. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> of course not. Just ah, poof. And then he got stabbed a bunch more. It's like, okay, he would die. From yeah, that. he would probably die. From but like a stab in the face, I feel like, I mean, I'd fall down the stairs, but I wouldn't just lay there like ah uh, and, and like get stabbed some more. I'd be thrashing and screaming. <laughs> He's just like, ooh, ah, oh, my back. Got the wind knocked out of me. Shit. I'll be alright though. <laughs> Mrs. Bates. <laughs> Mr. Bang, 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 bang. Um, that fucking long-winded uh, explanation from the psychiatrist. <laughs> like just Yeah, just in case you guys didn't watch the rest of the movie. Or you just weren't. It's like they just knew, in case you fell asleep and you just woke up. They knew like sixty or uh, yeah, sixty. Oh my gosh, they knew sixty years from now that we would just be on our phones for half the movie and not paying any attention. So like, well, hopefully at the end here, <laughs> I'll just get the summary. So he wants spark notes. Just skip to the last like five minutes. He keeps it pretty tight, <laughs> and he just sums up everything. It's just the OG explanation video. Right at the end of the movie. She's just Vsauce. Yeah. <laughs> Explain the end of this movie. I love the one, the one, I guess, prosecutor, lawyer, whoever was there, like, he's a transvestite. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, no. Yeah, and he was literally just That's like, not really. No. But then when the, when the psychiatrist went on to explain what a transvestite was, he was also wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Someone who derives sexual pleasure by dressing up as another person is like, no, no, no. that would be not, and that would be incorrect. I don't believe that's what it is. I don't, you know, can't blame him. Well, you can. I blame them heavy. This movie passed the Bechtel test, right? Slightly. Sorry. I, I want to think so. I mean, earlier in the conversation, they were talking about the one woman's husband. Yeah. And how she took tranquilizers on, on their honeymoon. <laughs> They're just giving out tranquilizer. They took horse tranquilizer. That's she pretty crazy. <laughs> this fucking sucked. Like, I love you. He's like, oh, oh. He's like, oh, let me wipe that drool off your face, my love. <laughs> I took muscle relaxers once when I pulled a muscle in my neck, and I just laid there. I mean, I couldn't move if I wanted to. I was like, okay, this is what being dead is like. I mean, you know, the you know one it has to have two named women in it. Ooh, yikes! I want to say there was a name. Right? Did she? I don't know, cause she doesn't Very, talk to her sister. Uh, ooh, uh, I'll, I'll uh, look it up now. I'll let you know in a sec. Damn, would that really sink it if she didn't have a name? Yeah, maybe it on that one. I, I don't. I, f I watched it with subtitles. I feel like she had a name, but I don't know if anyone ever actually called her by her name. Um, if she's Mrs. Chambers, I don't. I mean, I guess that's a name. I mean, she is one of three women in the whole movie. Yeah, Lila is. See, I honestly thought well, Lila is. The sheriff's wife. No, the Mrs. Chambers was the sheriff's wife. Because he was Al right. Chambers. See, I thought Marion and Lila were played by the same person. I did too. From they not. did a great job of finding someone who definitely looked like she could yeah, be her sister. Looked like dead ringers. And you know, at that point, I wouldn't blame Sam. He's like, "So, what are you doing after this?" He's <laughs> <laughs> like, "In in the lawyer's office, in the police in the police station, like, so what are you doing after this?" Yeah, no, I don't think that girl. Oh, Carola. Carol. That sounds right. Excuse me. She was the only child of English director Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, <laughs> uh, that explains why she was kind of... Yeah. Nepo, baby. Yeah, anyway. Or it was more probably just like, we don't want to pay this actress, so can you yeah, come do these a small lines? bit. Yeah. I thought... Nevertheless, I'm pretty sure the movie does pass the Bechdel test by an inch. Literally by an inch. Yeah, uh, you know, that's, that's more progressive than Clerks. Gotcha there, Kevin Smith. That does not say much. Gotcha there, Kevin Smith. <laughs> that does not say much. What the is like something about like because you're a woman, like you'll always just talk back. 
<laughs> she'll get what she wants somehow. Okay. And the creepy ass heavy handed flirting of the I guess real estate mogul, whatever Doug Dimmadome from the beginning was supposed to be. <laughs> Just a guy with money and a bolo tie. So you know he's a piece of shit. <laughs> you see somebody that was wearing a fucking bolo tie? Like that guy's a total douchebag. Yeah, and he needed to run immediately. Um because you're gonna die. Strangely, oh, cool! I can never mind. I can figure it out. Nineteen sixty. What the fuck? Oh, never mind. I got it. No, you can vamp. I can vamp. Go ahead and vamp. Or no, no, no. Oh. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, when. Shit, I can't remember. I didn't write down who said it, but I wrote the quote, a son is a poor substitute for a lover. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> like, so you tried. Yeah. That's what like, you're telling me, is that you tried that route. Yeah. You know, I wonder how much of what he said yep. about like his Psycho. father dying broke his mom. Psychopath. Gets a pass. Yeah. Psychopath is the Bechdel test. You know what? That's. You know what? I I was gonna ask about it with my when my dad and me did the assassination of Jesse James, and I I honestly just thought about it and laughed because I was like, I don't think there's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, like Star Wars is like there's two women in the galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Who the fuck? Like who the fuck am I supposed to talk to? There's yeah. more squid people than women. <laughs> Just human women. I really enjoyed that about uh, about Guardians of the Galaxy, though. It was just like fucking an alien. Yeah. Just like he'd fuck whatever. Yeah, Star Lord. He's is a real. Man. He's a real human man. Star Lord's more open minded than Chris Pratt. He's a real human man. He would fuck whatever. Exactly. Yeah, what the antennas do? <laughs> what the antennas do? Um, are we getting to a point where we need to start collecting our final thoughts? Um, so we need to take a break, and then we need to put this movie on the list. Um, I gotta formulate my rating. Yeah, so we're gonna take a second and figure out how we want to rate this movie on the list. Uh, so stick around, and we'll be right back. Thanks for sticking around this far, and uh, just stick around a little bit longer. Probably ten minutes, maybe not even. Just do it. Yeah, just do it. Like, why are you even? Why are you even arguing about this? I'll I'll take your phone. Give me your phone right now. Give me your phone. Give me your phone. Hey, it's us. You fan. You you find a new films Friday guy. Welcome back. Fuck a Tuesday. Fuck a Tuesday. I meant to have the list up already, but I fucking forgot. But there you go. That's alright. It took me two seconds. I'm getting better at this podcasting thing. Um, alrighty. So we're gonna rate the movie, and we're gonna get out of your hair. Um, so, I mean, you can go ahead and go first. So, as I was, we were discussing right before we started recording again, I can't really judge this uh, the same way I would a more modern movie, just because you got to take in account, you know, it's old, and there's just there's lots of stuff they couldn't or wouldn't do in a movie back then. Um, if I had to just go based on the objective stuff, which is like the performance of the actors, um, the soundtrack, score, uh, the tone of the movie, and just um, the story itself and like how it made me feel. Um, I would I would have to give it an eight and a half. Um, I think it was firing on all cylinders pretty good. There might have been a little bit of convenient plot holes to give it the resolution it had. I think it might have been more not satisfying, but I think it would have been cooler if he got away with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't think he was that bad of a guy. Um... <laughs> I think it was funny that he just so happened, like, oh, he knocked that guy out cold with a vase, and then he didn't finish him off, and then he conveniently arrived right as, you know, he was about to murder Lila. 
think like maybe if Lila had died, I'd feel better about it because like only having two yeah. bodies on you. I mean, two off-screen kills and then two on-screen could have done with like one more marker. Yeah, it's really, like a real really, slasher. Yeah, but really, it is the first slasher, so I gotta give it some points for that. So I'm gonna really so solid. solidify that serial killing status. You know what I mean? Like four. Yeah. That's that's I mean, that, that is what makes you. I think it has to be like more than two, right? Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. I mean, you know, make he, you a mass murderer. He just barely makes the hits the mark for like. I think three or four killer. makes you a mass murderer. But you know, I feel like if he had killed a couple more, he would have been more iconic. Because like, yeah. four people. That's like what Jason Voorhees does in like five minutes. Real. Yeah. Even the guy, even Scream has more bodies. So, um, you know, but. Even taking all that into account, I'm, I'm sticking with 8.5. I think it was very good. It had my attention the whole time. Uh, I found the characters intriguing, and uh, while they seem sim- while someone like Sam seemed kind of simple at first, like oh, there's more to this guy. Like, because I thought at first, like when he's confronted with like the murder and like she stole this money and like she's on the run and like you're trying to find her, he would have been like, I was just fucking her. I don't give a fuck. But he's like, oh no, I'm gonna help. Like something's wrong here. Like, he actually cared about her. I was like, okay, there's a little bit more depth to these characters than I thought. Um, Lila was just kind of like, I'm not patient. <laughs> but she was cool, too. She wasn't like a typical, like, oh, this is terrifying. She's like, I'm going to go explore this big-ass scary house by myself. Yeah. That's pretty fucking brave, because I wasn't like, oh, just, why don't we both beat the crap out of this Bates guy? And then, yeah, and then we'll go see where the one is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but I'm I'm pretty happy with that movie. I don't think it was a waste of time at all. It flew right by me. Yeah. Um, just a solid tight what hour and a half. Uh, hour forty five. Yeah, man. It's a tight movie. Uh, that's what yeah. I like about older movies is they did not be like let's do three hours. Yeah. <laughs> they got in and out. They let you uh they let you just live your life. Um, with that said, I think I'm gonna go seven and a half. Um, I don't know. There's parts of the dialogue, like with the car mechanic and, you know, just in the the Texas man at the beginning where I'm just kind of like completely shot out of the universe. Or it's just like, ugh, I'm watching a play right now. Yeah. Um, and, and that really just didn't, it didn't sell the surrealness for me. And I think that's where modern horrors... Um, are able to like catch my attention personally so much better it's just like um, you know since it's so fresh in my mind I keep referring back to it but Pearl from last week I mean there's like there's no sound whatsoever when people are getting murdered it's just like getting you just hear you hear like when like when an axe is hitting their skin you know what I mean it's just like ugh Uh, you know that it hurts you can feel it I don't know. I think stuff like that resonates a little bit more with me personally, but you know, who knows? That's fair. No, I, yeah. uh, I but I mean, seventy-five, seven and a half out of ten, three and quarters uh, is not uh, a bad movie by no, any means. So. Uh, and that puts it at sixteen, so it's gonna slot in at number seven above Mulholland Drive and the Assassination. Of Jesse James, and then Airplane is still chugging out the caboose. Um, I don't know. I honestly do not know what movie's going to take the caboose spot away from Airplane. That one's going to be a hard one. Well, you know what I've never seen? Cars 2. I've heard some things. Yeah, so Trevor will be back next week as we'll be watching Cars 2. No. <laughs> About planes. Yeah, Pixar's planes. <laughs> um, oh, God. No. I think, um, that, I think that's a respectable rating right there. Yeah, I do. I think middle of the times. Um, yeah, it'll, get, it'll be middle of the pack by the time we're like at 20 episodes for sure. Yeah, I'm thinking the grand scale here. I mean, wow, Apocalypse Now. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. That movie was really good. Shit. Really, really, really good. All right, next time I'm gonna pick a, a great movie. Yeah, the yeah. Oh, you're gonna try to get up to the top. Yeah, list, uh, without no, without having motivated. seen it, I'm gonna try to pick what I think will be like a perfect ten for at least one of us. 
I would love to see that. I want to see its perfect ten. Apocalypse Now is about as close as I felt like I was going to get to that. But uh, we'll see. I mean, got a good know. feeling about the fourth Transformers movie. <laughs> Is that, uh, is that The Revenge of the Fallen? <laughs> That's the second one. Uh-oh. I'm sorry, I have seen the first two. But I don't think I've seen the one with Mark Wahlberg in it. Is the fourth one the one where they have um, the dinosaur Transformers? I mean, if that is the case, I think it's a perfect 20. <laughs> right out of the gate. Like, you never, you never heard about that? <laughs> no. Yeah, there's a whole subplot in one of the like old Transformers, or well, I guess like one of the, sorry, one of the newer Transformers. It's either four or five where they go and they find this like part of the world where there's just prehistoric like looking Transformers. <laughs> they transform out of being Triceratops into like being <laughs> like the combat boss. Why they decide to stop transforming as animals? They're like, I'm gonna be a fucking car. <laughs> I love that, and they were like, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna transform like Jazz from the first one." Mm-hmm. Oh my god! You want a piece of me? No, I want two, and he rips him in half. Oh my god! <laughs> that's kind of sick. That is pretty fun. Well, yeah, I think that's it for this one. Yeah, we got some riffing off on the last end of the pod. Let's make some good riffs for the end of this one. Okay, um, go find something else to do. Yeah, yeah. Why are you still watching us? We're just chilling, talking, and you guys are just staring at us right now. No, but uh, thanks guys for watching this whole podcast. You got to the end of it. Uh, next week we will be here, and shit, I got it wrote down. I don't even remember who it is now. We'll be talking about a movie. Yeah, we're gonna be finding a new film. I thought you were gonna say finding Nemo. Yeah, it's going to be Finding Nemo. I've seen oh, that movie. Oh, wait, you said it, though. <laughs> yeah. That's the, that's the name of... Oh, well, it's not... That's the name of the show, though. It's the name of the show. Oh, my God. I love the meta references. Next week, David will be here, and we will be watching the French film La Haine. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> we're really just limping to the barn these days. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, is that David's pick. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, yeah. We're like no. La Aine. <laughs> yeah, we're like La Anus. Uh, no. Watch it be fucking amazing. No, it, it's got great reviews. Uh, one of the guys, the and it's like the main protagonist in the movie is uh one of the antagonists from Oceans Twelve and Thirteen. So. I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. He's also in Black Swan. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Uh, we can find new films. This week we found Psycho. Next week we'll find La Reine. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Peace out, y'all. Thanks for coming.